Thank you for tuning in to the Death Sign Podcast. In tonight's episode, we'll be speaking with the multimedia artist Roy Boney about comics, life, the future, and what's next. Roy. Yeah, how you doing? Hey, my man. Thank you for coming on tonight. Uh, glad to be on the show. <laughs> Sorry for the technical difficulties. It's the wonders of technology. <laughs> yeah, we'll never cease. <laughs> well, right on, my man. Well, let's just start right off. Who are you and what do you do? Uh, my name is Roy Boney Jr. I'm a Cherokee uh, artist. I do painting, drawing, and digital media, and also work in language revitalization for the tribe. Right on. Um, I have to gush a little bit with your work. You are probably one of my favorite illustrators um, on a daily comic strip type of way uh, since probably the far side. I really, really enjoy um, your take on just everything that you're, you kind of, you're promoting on your Instagram page. It's really, really killer. Oh, well, thanks. You know, that kind of came out of this idea of several years ago. I, uh, back in 2012, I think I made a, a new year's resolution, which I don't really do that, but I decided, you know, as an artist, you know, I'm always drawing. I've always has, have been, but I decided, to do a drawing every day for a month to see if I could do it. And I did it. And then it went extended to like six months and then it went to a year. Now I just do it every day. And I've got over 2,300 drawings, I think so far. That's awesome. It, it, and it really shows, I mean, the, the characters that you have on there from your hobo cat to the different, um, I don't know, for lack of a better term, Southeastern demigods kind of strolling through your world and through your prison. Uh, I really enjoy it because it's, it, it's, it, you are a kindred spirit because that's kind of how I see the world in some of these things too. So you, you, <laughs> you definitely have an, a large audience, my friend. Yeah. Well, they, they, they keep me uh, going, honestly. Uh, if I feel like I'm going to miss or something, you know, people are always saying like, where's the drawing at if I'm late, you know, <laughs> and so like, people are waiting for it. So that's, it's, that's pretty good. And I get a lot of good feedback from things and a lot of these drawings end up as finished paintings or whatever. So it's a good way to interact with the audience and get some good you know, info on what I'm doing and getting some great feedback from people who are invested in the native art world too. Oh yeah. I mean, it, and it's, you know, it's a good reminder, you know, we're a living culture. We're not stagnant in some um, museum time capsule or postcard. You know, we're, we're active creating individuals. And if you look at antiquity design, they were making contemporary commentary of their times as well. Yeah. Um, on the next question, what inspires you? Uh, well, I've, I've been drawing as long as I can remember. I don't remember ever not drawing. And uh, a big part of my inspiration comes from, you know, my upbringing is a Cherokee. You know, I grew up in a small Cherokee community called Locust Grove uh, in northeastern Oklahoma. Uh, a, lot, a lot of Cherokee family members, they spoke Cherokee. A lot of them still do. And so coming up with that 
you know, I, I took it for granted when I was younger. Uh, and then when I got older, you know, I was still drawing and I didn't think I was going to do a thing with it, but I had a high school art teacher that said that you, maybe you could try to do this professionally or something or just study it in college. So I, was, I thought, well, I, I guess I'll give it a shot. And so when I went to college, uh, that's the first time I'd ever really been away from home and from my community. And I had like, it was a pretty big shock of seeing how the outside or the rest of the world lives compared to my upbringing with this little church community. And then I realized how uh, special that was, having access to the language and culture and that kind of thing. And I decided, you know, I really want to incorporate this into my art. But I also had, you know, I didn't like a lot of the native art I would see. A lot of it at the time when I was much younger was uh, like touristy, you know, stereotypical art. You know, the Indian maiden by the river, you know, the wolves in the sky, you know, (laughs) all that kind of, like something you see at a convenience store, you know, and like, I didn't want to do that kind of art. And so I I grew up reading comics, you know, I was heavily into comics as a kid and sci-fi and cartoons and all that. So that weighs pretty heavily in my work. So I combine all that together with, you know, Cherokee stories and Cherokee themes. Well, that, that is, uh, that's exactly why um, uh, I, I enjoy your work. It just, it reminds me of uh, my own childhood and uh, just kind of my own coming. You know, I left home when I was uh, 18 and uh, moved to Los Angeles because um, I didn't think I had anything to offer you know, my community. Uh, I wanted to draw uh, robots and monsters and superheroes. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. I, I I was in the same situation. I was like, I want that because that's what it was exciting. And as a kid, you know, it was kind of like new because obviously, you know, that's what you saw on TV is what you saw in the comic books and things. And I wanted to kind of like tell my own story. But, you know, I, like I mentioned, you know, growing up with the, the family that I did, I didn't realize how you you know, kind of unique and special that is uh, for to be connected to your uh, tribe that way. And so yeah. again, I said I mentioned I want to bring that influence in with the the I guess the pop culture side of things. And it it doesn't feel forced or anything like that. It's a, it's it's all through your prison, and it's it's really cool. Um, let's see here. What are you doing to be a good ancestor? Well, I I hope that, you know, when you talk in terms of art, uh, you know, there's a big debate these days about, you know, traditional versus contemporary Native art and what does that mean and why do we want to have these barriers? Why do we need them? Do we need them? You know, that this big discussion. So, you know, when you think, look, when I look at that, I think of at one time, what we would consider traditional art now, somebody invented it. It was new at one time. And sure. so for me as an artist, what I hope to do anyway is maybe create something new that someone else might pick up later on or, you know, they maybe have a new influence or, or something like that. And so kind of continue, it's a continuation of what came before, but also, you know, kind of working in a forward direction because as Cherokees, you know, historically we've, we've, we've been known as people to really innovate on a lot of things, uh, particularly when it comes to our language, you know, for our writing system, you know, Sequoia invented the writing system 
we adapted it to you know the printing press and it went through all these different transformations to where now it's on you know things like the ipad and iphone you can text in cherokee so which is that's a bigger part of the big story i think that i, I hope to have a small part in and I, I really believe you are you are you are a really good example of your your tribe i appreciate um, that what are you working towards as an artist what is your um and you've, you've spoken on it with with the language and the revitalization of that but is there like a um a narrative or a, um, a theme in your work uh i think the biggest theme really is uh trying to express uh what it means for me to be a cherokee person living in the 21st century uh you know, I, I mentioned, yeah, I, I'm Cherokee and I grew up with that connection. And so, you know, I'm deer clan and I use that motif quite a lot in my work of the deer, whether it's deer woman or just, you know, deer in general, uh, the deer figure of male, female, the, the whole nine yards, I incorporate that into my work. But in the bigger scheme of things beyond that, uh, I'd like to see, uh, you know, a big, you know, revival or maybe a creation of a southeastern contemporary art movement you know as as southeastern peoples you know we share a certain or common aesthetic and uh you know the southwest gets a lot of attention which is great you know i'm glad for that but you know this as southeastern tribal people woodlands you know people we have our own thing too and i like to see that grow into a much larger movement and and i really think we are uh, you know um uh i i call it muskoki and rococo <laughs> uh, I, I've used that as a hashtag a few times. So I was doing an interview on, with this PBS guy and he, he was talking about my work and I said, and he goes, well, that's kind of like Mississippi and Rococo. And I said, I like that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, and I, I feel like that we are on a part of it. We are on a forefront that's actually uh, been started a good 20 years or 30 years um, with uh, the folks like Dan Townsend and, um, Tom Phillips and T.C. Cannon. Well, not T.C. Mm-hmm. Cannon. He's more just uh, a different era uh, uh, style. But the southeastern artists uh, have been really working hard, and there's been quite a few of them that have kind of started sparkling. One of my favorites is Marcus Ammerman. Um, yeah, and, and uh, I think that this is like an art movement. You know, when I was a kid. I was always envious of like all oh, all these great art movements have come and gone and you know there's what's left but you know sometimes you uh, uh, you miss the forest for the tree especially as a kid and uh-huh. it's only uh, when you get older that you see like oh oh <laughs> exactly yeah yeah I'm a a member of an organization called the Southeastern Indian Artists Association. I'm currently the vice president, but it's a nonprofit group uh, for Southeastern tribal artists. And their our goal is to educate people about what Southeastern art is and who Southeastern peoples are. And, you know, for the last few years, we had that big, big exhibit that had been going on called Return from Exile. Yeah. Uh, that traveled across the country. And so, you know, we I, we got some really good, great responses from that. And I think all the artists in it, we all had a great time being in that show. And we hope to do something like that again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm actually part of one right now called um, the Vision of Voices um, uh, with uh, 
bunch of other uh, Chickasaw artists um, on a show that's kind of like that. Um, but uh, um, what do we have? Okay. I actually brought my notes this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are some projects that you're working on right now that you want to share with the audience tonight? Well, you know, like I mentioned, as I comics are a big part of my influence as an artist. And uh, uh, just recently, uh, back in June, I curated a an exhibit in Oklahoma City at the Paseo Plunge Gallery that was focused on indigenous art that is influenced by comics. And uh, it was up for a month there. It just came down not too long ago. And really? we had a pretty good re uh, response from it. And the... Uh, the gallery is uh, connected with the, this little bookshop. It's called Literati Press, I think. And uh, they publish a quarterly comic called Oki Comics. Uh, you might have seen it around the Oklahoma City area. I have. I actually got a, an issue recently. Yeah, so we're going to collaborate, and we're going to have an indigenous comics issue. And really? so some of the artists that were in the show, we're going to – we're in the early stages of right now, we're talking about – you know, we want to tell stories that are focused on Oklahoma and you know our respective tribes and that kind of thing, and have it more with a you know modern twist to it. Yeah. Uh, so we're excited to see this project come to fruition because you know it's part of the whole idea is to tell our own stories and use our own artwork and that kind of thing. So we're, I'm pretty excited about that, and uh, I'm also going to be in a show that the, the Creek artist Bobby Martin mm -hmm. is curating, and is a show about. Uh, how are, are we dealing with cultural appropriation? Uh, and it's going to open in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas first, but there are plans for it to go to uh, London and possibly Ireland. So we're wow. pretty excited about that too. That's really cool. Congratulations on that. That sounds very exciting. Yeah, thank you. Well, you know, I've known Bobby for a while. He's he's kind of a, of a mentor in a way. I, uh, I used to I worked for him several years ago when I got out of grad school. Uh, he hired me to teach an adjunct class over here in Tahlequah NSU uh, as a um, multimedia design class, and that's kind of how I got to know Bobby because he's a he's a pretty good artist. Yeah. He does a lot of printmaking and things, and ever since then, you know, we've been you know in a lot of shows together. We're part of the uh, Indian artist group together. Uh, so, and then last summer, he and I and a few other artists went to. Uh, london to participate in the workshop over there and we did a demonstration of some printmaking things so you know i'm really grateful for bobby's you know help you know he's a mentor to me quite a lot and said so to be a part of this, this new show he's curating i'm excited about it that's awesome yeah that was at the rainmaker gallery wasn't it uh no it was part of a we we did go there, but we had the, the main event in London was for a, a conference called the American Indian Workshop. Oh, oh, okay. And uh, so they invited several, you know, native artists to this conference to talk about our work and things. And part of it was about the Return from Exile exhibit. And we all did uh, presentations. I, I did a talk about uh, Cherokee cartoonists. It, it kind of covers some of the cartoonists that were in the early uh, Cherokee newspapers from the 19th century up to now. Yeah, uh, and you know, Bobby talked about being a curator for the show, and uh, another artist, Tony Tiger, talked about being you know a contemporary you know abstract expressionist painter, and so yeah, it was a pretty cool conference. Very cool. Um, what do you hope for the future in your field? 
I, I hope to see uh, a lot more use of technology, especially in really innovative ways. I know it's it's hard to gauge or guess what technology is going to be in the future, but I, I'm starting to see this breakdown now of, uh, you know, this, there used to be kind of a, People would see digital art and kind of like, oh, that's not really art. Uh, I do a lot of digital art. Actually, I do a lot of painting and drawing. I do like, animations and graphic design and stuff like that and digitally. And when it's you know work that's really well done, it doesn't matter what medium it is. It takes a lot of time and effort. And yeah. so I think in recent years, that barrier has been kind of uh, being broken down a bit. Some people are starting to recognize that you know, digital technology is uh, a valid, skillful art form, too. And it'll never supplant actual, you know, raw materials and that kind of thing. But I'd like to see a really cool, like, uh, mesh between the two and see some really unique work coming out from, you know, digital and, like, painting and drawing and using, like, a, a augmented reality spaces and that kind of thing. So in video games, I think that's where it's all going to be at. Yeah. Well, well, we're gonna, after this show, we're going to have to talk some more because I have some things I've been working on too that we we need to we need to combine forces like Voltron. <laughs> yes, that'd be nice. <laughs> um, where do you see yourself in twenty years as an artist? Like, what do you? What are some projects that you um, maybe haven't gotten a, a chance to jump on yet that you're like that you're really hoping you to be a part of well i really want to uh, get i do uh, a lot of graphic novel work you know that's where i first i've been doing that about 2003 when i first got my first graphic novel series published it was a, a, a story about zombies that uh fought for their civil rights really <laughs> so, yeah so ever since then i've done small books here and there and contributed to different anthologies and things but i still do i want to do like this you know, epic, you know, multi-volume graphic novel that, that's about Cherokee history and kind of flip it on its head and, you know, incorporate uh, more kind of abstract items and make it more dreamlike, I guess, in a way, mm-hmm. where it's, it's flowing through through history, but back in time, back and forth, because, you know, when we tell our stories, you know, like a lot of it's not linear. So I want to incorporate that form of storytelling into a graphic novel of, uh, so hopefully, you know, in 20 years from now, I'll have a whole set of these graphic novels I've completed. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And that goes back to the, the Sketch Day project I've been doing. A lot of that, those are kind of interconnected characters in uh, realities that I've created. Mm-hmm. So if you go back and, which is quite a lot of viewing, because as I said, there's over 2,300 drawings. But uh, when you look at it from the, the big picture view, it, there is kind of a narrative flow that's going through it yeah and you mentioned some of these southeastern characters these characters in cherokee stories that appear and how they're interconnected through different time periods and sometimes it's the same character but from like pre uh, pre pre-contact to and then the might character might show up in the 1970s of punk rockers so tying all that together showing that we as a people have been around you know since the beginning we're still here yeah that's really cool. Yeah, we seriously need to talk after this, dude. We have <laughs> we have we have tar- far too little. Um, what is some of your favorite artwork? Some of my favorite artwork. Uh, I'm a huge anything. fan. It's anything. Uh, 
I'm a huge fan of the artist James Jean. Uh, he used to do, uh, he used to do a lot of comic book illustration. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of covers for the comic series Fables. Uh, he he was a cover artist for a big section of that run, and uh, he incorporates a lot of story, uh, like fairy tale elements into his work. Okay, uh, okay, okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I think his work is outstanding, but. Uh, in terms of like my favorite, you know, uh, indigenous artist, I really like Yadika Fields painting quite a lot. I think he's got really powerful color, you know, imagery in his work. And uh, I really like Kelly Gonzalez's work. I think she's got a nice flair for, you know, this kind of fun yet, you know, strong statements about Cherokee culture and, you know, femininity. So I, I think her work is really awesome too. Nice. What do you like about your work? Uh, I know it's a hard one as an artist. You're the most critical of your stuff, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing that as, you know, as an artist, you know, as I mentioned growing up, I was always drawing and there are always people that would come by and say, you know, oh, you're, you're, you're Indian, you're an artist, you should do Indian art. That, and they, they always had this kind of certain image in mind yeah. and that's not the image that I had. So for me, something I like about my art artwork personally is I usually try to have some kind of uh, humor in it. I like this. It's kind of sometimes it's outright just silly and stupid, but sometimes it's kind of more subtle and understated. But I always try to incorporate some sort of statement and, and especially including humor with it to cut, make to let people know that, you know, a lot of people like to focus on the tragic side of our story, which we do have a very tragic story you know as native people across the board but we're more than that we're not defined by what happened to us as a tragedy we're still here uh, we're still creating we're still living uh and so we have you know if you're if you get a group of you know indians together there's like cutting up people are laughing it's it's really joyful you know and so i want to yeah. show that too you know conclude that humor and some of it's you know pretty cutting humor too so you know like to incorporate that to my work is like a, it's a goal of mine. I might not always be successful in that, but I do like using that. And I think I'm, I like it when it works. <laughs> yeah. Your work really does. It translates that there is that whimsy that is like, for those that have never really met an Indian beyond, you know, what they've read or seen on the internet. Um, they miss that in, in, in the narrative that, you know, there was humor and there is humor in the cultures that we weren't this stoic dime store caricature <laughs> yeah. and, and your, your work is, is like a, it's definitely carries that. I, I really enjoyed your um, code talkers uh, illustration uh, that your comic that you had. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. That, that's an interesting uh, project, an interesting story there actually. Uh yeah, I worked with several other uh, artists on that, native artists and writers. And it started with, you know, Aragon Star. You know, she's the uh, Cherokee Kickapoo. She's, you know, playwright, a musician. She does the Super Indian comic book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so she and I have been friends for several years. And we were talking about, you know, how we, what something to work together on. So anyway, there's another friend of ours named Lee Francis. And he had the same idea. And so Aragon did this this drawing of uh, this uh, grandfather, you know, with his grandchild on his lap, and he's reading this graphic novel called Tales of Mo- Mighty Co-Talkers. 
it didn't exist. It was just something that she drew. And then Lee was like, you know, we got to make that happen. <laughs> and so uh, we got together and started talking with some other artists and uh, writers. And we came up with this idea. So let's tell these travel stories about our own co-talkers. Yeah, a lot of people don't know about. Most people have heard about the Navajos and the Choctaws, but there's yeah. a lot more tribes that, that participated. Absolutely. Uh, so, so we wanted to get that story out there. And uh, we collaborated and came up. We we actually uh, self-published it uh, through Native Realities Press, which is owned by Lee Francis. Uh, we are a group. We're called the Indigenous Narratives Collective. Mm-hmm. And our our idea is really we want to find other you know, native creators out there for the comic world that want to tell their own stories. So we've set up this uh, means to help. We want to review the work, maybe give them pointers, read their scripts or whatever, and help them get their work out there, whether it's through native realities or through or some other publisher. We want to help the other natives get their stories out there through the comic book medium. Uh, so the my Tales of the Mighty Co-Talkers book was the first publication from that project. And nice. so we want to do volume two and we have several other projects lined up that uh, will be coming out. And I know Lee Francis has uh, several that's coming out too that he's written and he's working with several other artists. So it's turned into a nice little, you know, comic book venture for natives and we hope it keeps growing. Definitely. We're going to have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a bit more of a, um, I don't know how you would call it artsy fartsy kind of question, but it is why art? Why art? I, I think, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of uh, ways that people can express themselves, whether it's through, you know, gear or for their tribe, if, if it's getting involved in politics or in history or whatever it is, you know, that's, it's all great and needed. But when you look at, uh, Again, the long view of things, the things that seem to last the longest and have the longest you know, impression are the arts. You know, when you look at all the, the cultures of the world, the things that still remain behind after, after everyone's gone is the artwork. You know, yeah. and so being able to capture, you know, our stories and relay what was happening to us now or even even historically, too, but telling that story, telling it through some art form, it doesn't matter what it is, but if people create something live behind a record that's going to outlive you know everything else and it'll still be here and it's going to be a testament to who we are and who we were and who we will be yeah it's kind of like the the conversations that i've uh had you know we're we're only here but a brief moment in time and but you know everyone's got to turn at the wheel and you know, right now it's ours to kind of give a commentary but you know, there, there's something, uh, I don't know, there's something exciting about being able to tap into whatever that energy is in the universe and that, um, you know, it comes through you and then uh, comes out and to be able to share um, the cultural component. Um, and it's just another aspect of the prison that, that you're, you're, you're working from. Uh, you know, it's definitely, it's modern, but it's also classical all at the same time. And at some point, yeah. At some point, you know, people are going to say, you know, that's what it means to do real native artwork, a real Cherokee artwork, or just real Southeastern artwork is what they were doing at this point in time. Uh-huh. You know, 
they're going to talk about you. They're going to talk about, uh, they're going to teach um, about your work and your legacy. It's a, a, it's a surreal feeling when you're making artwork that connects with people now and uh, you know that it's going to kind of roll on forward and hopefully connect with people into the future. Yeah. Another thing I'd like to mention too is, you know, as in the Western world of art, people think of like the solitary genius artist that creates in isolation and <laughs> creates all these masterpieces without any influence or, you know, they're just kind of like, that's the stereotype. Yeah. Uh, but for, for me, I have a, I do a lot of collaboration with a lot of other artists, uh, you know, I, and I think that community aspect of making art is a really important part of who we are as people. And especially, you know, for Cherokees, you know, and a lot of other tribes too, you know, that community, that communal idea of existence and, you know, before, you know, assimilation and things happen, tribe, a lot of tribes did have this idea of, you know, we all work together, we all stay together, uh, you know, we all lift each other up. And so yeah. I like seeing that among the, the native art crowd that, you know, that's around here and especially in Oklahoma I know it's in other places too but it seems like in Oklahoma the, the art scene's pretty small and pretty tight-knit and but everybody's helping each other you know we're all trying to raise the tide with everybody and I, I like to see that collaboration I think it's a really important part of what's happening here absolutely um, I think there used to be an old term in the southeast uh, that roughly translate as of um, of one flame uh-huh and kind of speaking to everyone's goal is unified and of the same focus. Yeah. I like that. Cause it does capture what, what everyone's trying to do, you know, like there's so much happening, so much going on. And I like seeing a lot of the, the scholarship about native art happening. That's doing, being done by native artists and native writers to themselves. And so even in that sense, in the academic side of things, we're starting to tell our own story now. Indeed, we are. Well, Roy, I really appreciate this conversation. It's been a long time coming, and I hope to have you back on soon. Yeah, well, I'd like to uh, be a guest again if you need me to. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's been a lot of fun, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Roy, for coming on tonight. It was a real pleasure to have you. It's been a long time coming, and I hope we do it again really soon. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, for all that are in the Oklahoma area, starting on June 28th, Ikbi, Chickasaw, and Choctaws sharing our history and culture through art temporary exhibit exhibition will be going on at the Oklahoma Hall of Fame Gaylord Pickens Museum and it'll be running through September 22nd of this year. I have a couple of pieces in this show, and I hope you get a chance to check it out. And also check out the stuff that's at the Fred Jones Museum at the Visual Voices show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Peace to the show. Bye.